Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. And I am Stephen Dubner. Really? Solomon, I have to say, we've been having a good time. and We have. I hope people have been enjoying listening. I know the, the subscriber numbers are growing, yeah, for which we're, we're very, very grateful. If you like this podcast, please tell, um, tell friends about it. Tell enemies about it. Enemies might not listen. Yeah, but um, but they might, and they might be converted to the gospel of football, as you've been converting me. Um, anyway, Solomon, I have to say, I feel like a very fortunate human being to be in Europe watching the Euros with you. I'm the same, but with you. Because yeah. I'm always fortunate to be with myself, because I'm pretty great. <laughs> and humble. <laughs> very right? humble. Did you, didn't you win the most humble award in your uh No, in the I universe? came in second. Zlatan yeah. won. <laughs> So uh, I should say we're recording this early afternoon on Saturday, Paris time. It's exactly 2.13 p.m. Okay, so by the time that uh, you people are listening to this, some of the matches that we discuss a little bit may have already been played, but mostly we're going to do a a recap of what's been going on so far and kind of where we are today. But as of this moment, the first knockout round match begins in, I guess, 47 minutes, right? Yes, and that is Switzerland-Poland. Switzerland-Poland. I could afford to miss that one. Personally, and then we're heading I'm to Wales, Northern Ireland. We're seeing in in Paris tonight. Battle of Britain with some friends. Yeah, with we're seeing it with some friends from New York. Look, at from least the Pena. from the Barcelona fan club. So, uh, so that's what we're heading to soon is Wales, Northern Ireland. Then tonight at nine p.m. Today is a, a three match, um, three match. Who's what's the final game tonight? Germany, Slovakia, Croatia, Portugal. Oh, of course, Croatia, Portugal, which will be a fantastic match. And I know who you're rooting for. That would be not Ronaldo. That would be Ronaldo in Portugal, wouldn't it? No. That oh, would... I love what Ronaldo did last week. <laughs> a reporter asked him a question that he didn't like, or someone in a newspaper they didn't like. So he takes a mic and throws into the lake next to them. Mm. Maybe he suspected that the microphone was uh, radioactive. You think he was just being a little? Probably. Maybe they asked him about Messi's great free kick oh. the night before, but we'll get into that in another episode. Yes, we will. So anyway. It's been particularly... We do have a special Lino Messi birthday episode coming up. I'll we say. do. We're, we're going to work on that as soon as we finish recording this one. Uh, Lino Messi's birthday was, what, two days ago now? Uh, one day. One day ago. And uh, there's a lot to talk about with him because Copa America... He's the best player of all time. Well, says says some people. and I think it's say some people. We're set. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Copa America final will be played when? 2 a.m. tomorrow, our time. Our Paris time here. Time. Okay, so by so the time tonight. Um, okay, so even by the time many of you hear this, even that match, the Copa America final, will have been played. Yes. And so, in conjunction with that final, the outcome. Any predictions quickly on that? Two one Argentina. It's Chile, right? Playing yeah. Chile, which is a re a rematch of last yeah. last year's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just quickly on the Copa America, do you feel like this edition of Copa America is diminished at all because it's a, a hundred, it's a centennial version and it's not and occurring at the regular year. interval yeah and they just have eh, kind of but it's still a very big deal I'd say. and it's being played in the u.s where it's never been yeah. played do you feel that uh people like messi and argentina and people like claudia bravo and chile and who else chile sanchez Alexis? sanchez vidal yeah do you think they're all do you think this means as much to them as a typical copa america yeah i say so okay um, so that's coming up. Uh, our next episode will be most primarily about Leo Messi. Um, I have to say it's been exciting for me as a parent with a 15-year-old son to be here in Europe learning about the world, learning about other countries, cultures, languages, politics, economics, being here during the Brexit vote. Yes. 
has been really amazing because I, I don't know about you, it just feels that to me like the average person pays a lot more attention to real political and economic and social issues here than in America. Definitely. Even in New York, where we feel a lot of people pay a lot of attention, and I think part of that may be because um, they feel the stakes are higher, you know, a decision, a political decision, a social decision. Yeah, I think, though, in America, if you are supporting Donald Trump, for example, that would know what he stands for. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Don't say anything. You're a bad person. Solomon? Yes. I should say that's your opinion? It's a fact. Let me ask you this question. And if I, I'm, if I offended any Donald Trump supporters out there, yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, not at all, not one bit. Mm-mm. Zilt, zero, nada, nil, zero. Guten Tag. You're really running out of zero words. There, <laughs> uh, now let me ask you a quick question. So the Brexit vote, we were with uh, the day before, the day of the vote. Uh, I visited a, a New York Times colleague, uh, former colleague, uh, in Rome, where we were. We stopped over to to visit a friend of yours in Rome and yes, to do did. some sightseeing, and that was a lot of fun. And he was getting off to go cover um, Brexit for the Times, help pitching in, and he was heading over to London. Jim Yardley is his name, and uh, this was the day of. And even then, all the smart money, all the you know, all the pundits, yeah. the elite, were pretty sure that uh, the Remain vote was going to win. Instead, uh, the Brexit vote won, and now the UK will be disentangling itself from the EU. Um, you've read a little bit about it, Salman. Have you, does it interest you or not so much? It does interest me, but I wouldn't say I have a strong opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm not informed enough to have a real opinion. Yeah. Um, do, do, you, um, do you think, I mean, this is probably a crazy question, but here we are in the watching the Euros, and there are three... UK teams who qualify. And Ireland. And Ireland. But, you know, let's leave them out because they're separate. But three UK teams, right? England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. We happen to be seeing two of them playing each other tonight. Wales yes. versus Northern Ireland. Scotland did, is the only one who did not qualify. But the three who qualified for the Euros have all made it to the knockout round. First of all, what do you think the odds on that would have been? England, not a surprise. Not a spell. Wales, Pretty surprising, but it wasn't as impossible. Also, they won their bracket, which was more of a surprise. Which England should have won. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. And Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland, that was a surprise. They're right. either they're going to be the worst team in the tournament. One of the worst. What do you think is more of a freak event that those three all made it to the knockout or that the first three matches you and I saw were all nil-nil draws and the only three nil-nil draws? I still say nil-nil. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Do you think that the Remain camp... Uh, regrets having scheduled the vote during I the Euros. Because people are feeling nationalistic. They're 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 feeling very British or mm-hmm. their country, mm-hmm. and they want it. They think the country's stronger than it might actually be. So interestingly, the one UK company country whose football team did not qualify this year for the Euro, Scotland, voted strongly to remain. <laughs> um, anyway, it's um, as an American. For me, that as an American adult who's fairly experienced, feel like I've yeah. read a fair amount about the world, traveled a bit. For you, obviously, your learning, you know, your learning yeah, rate yeah. is a lot faster than mine. You're absorbing all this stuff. It's just very interesting to be um, in Europe where there are so many countries that have so much intertwined, so many intertwined relationships, yeah. but such separate, um, so many separate functions. And uh, I, I'm just curious, 
Do you feel like uh, being a citizen of Europe feels very, very different uh, on a kind of daily basis from being a citizen of America? And if so, why? Yeah, first of all, it feels more relaxed. Hmm. It feels every, Everything feels more connected. Like when we fly from Rome to Paris and vice versa, minimal security, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... It's you don't have to do passport control. It's just really like it feels like one big country in some ways. Mm-hmm. Same money. Yeah. Except for we haven't visited England on this trip or the UK yeah. on this trip, right? Where that yeah. would feel different because they've had passport control and yeah. different money for this whole time. Exactly. Uh, but do you feel? I'm just curious what you think. Like, it seems like the average football fan here, when we meet someone in a pub or friends or friends of friends, it seems that the conversations inevitably are more political and social and economic than they are in the states. Do they to you, or maybe that's just me? Maybe that's yeah. I think that because of the European Union connecting everything, and you countries naturally have more of an association with each other, people feel more inclined to know about the political situation. And they know a lot more. I mean, there are a lot of people here, frankly, who know a lot more about the American political situation than I would say. Maybe the majority of Americans know about the. It's I would remarkable. feel comfortable saying that. Remarkable. Anyway, okay, so let's talk a little bit about football. Let's talk about the Euros um, so far. So first of all, Emer Vader Osterreich is turns out to be a lie. Yep, Austria's out. Because we what's that mean? Always, always, always Austria. Right. So. They lost two in Iceland, <laughs> needing a win to go through. Mm. In that group, Cristina Panada scored two goals for uh, Portugal against Hungary, the powerhouse of Hungary. Mm. Do you um, think the magic the sweatpants just wore off for the Hungarian goalie? Keeper. I don't know. They're still in the group. That's true. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They actually played Belgium. Wait, the final match here was 3-3, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that would have been fun. As much as I have a burning hatred for him, I got to say Ronaldo did do well to drag his team into the knockouts. Did indeed. So let me back up a little bit. You can recap the matches each briefly, but I just want to ask you a series of questions that will end up essentially summarizing what we've seen so far. Well, first of all, let's just talk about the last match that you and I saw. We haven't told listeners about that, and that was our most fun match by a long shot. Just describe the whole thing, including the trip, whatever. It was Spain, Croatia, and Bordeaux. We took the—did we fly there? We took a a train there. Took a train? Um, I have to say something very uh, politically incorrect. Uh Everything you've ever heard about um, Europe, but especially French body odor, it's all true. (laughs) Now, you have a very, 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 very limited sense of no smell. No sense of smell. Basic, basically, I could hold a bag of vomit under your nose. and we, you... We've tried basically that, <laughs> you remember? With your mechanism for Freakonomics. Oh, yeah. For alcoholics is a thing that's Not for vomit. alcoholics. Is that, it was for alcoholics? I think that's what he said. It was supposed to make them, they're supposed to smell so bad that they almost vomit, they can't drink. We put it up to me, I didn't smell a thing. Yeah, so you have like basically no sense of smell. Yes. So that comes in as a blessing. But some of the trains here... And other places and get really super stinky. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, we might have offended. And I'm not saying that's like a bad thing necessarily. I'm just saying it's what you're used to. Like we're used to, we sh- we just shower. We shower all the time in America. Yeah, we do. Six, eight showers a day. They're just everywhere. <laughs> if you've never been to America, you should know there are public showers everywhere. Is that not the truth? It's not the truth at all. But we do. Do you ever tell the truth? When don't you tell the truth? Exactly. When don't you not? Tell exactly. The truth? When don't I not? Anyway, we uh, moving on. So we took the train to Bordeaux. Bordeaux. How would you describe the city of Bordeaux? Very Simon? nice. It's like a smaller version of Barcelona. It felt like it. Felt a little Mediterranean-ish. It is. Yeah. Southern. It was very hot. It was over ninety degrees. Yeah. As always, was... it made you take me to the same three hours early. Mm-hmm. Then um, 
It was so hot the, there, I, and then the next couple of days where we went in Rome. We did the tram, and then they made us wait about 30 minutes to get in. So I started a pretty quiet tram if UEFA sucks. Yeah. It does. It's terrible. Yeah. But um, then we finally got in. We had nice seats. Yeah, those were nice seats. Upper they, deck, They weren't but, that close, but they, right. it was a perfect viewpoint. Beautiful, beautiful new stadium yeah. in Bordeaux. If any of you are ever here... Have the chance to go see football. Maybe they play rugby there as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a for gorgeous the stadium. Bordeaux team. Mm-hmm. Um, then the match kicked off. I was very excited to see Iniesta. Wait, let's back up a little bit. Croatian fans are notably enthusiastic. They're, they're expected to riot mm-hmm. to get their own team kicked out because they're angry at the corrupt nature of their football association. But they were very well behaved. And then we did see a bunch of Croatian fans getting loaded before the match and lighting off flares in like the public square. Did that yeah. worry you a little bit or not really? A little bit, not not drastically. Mm-hmm. And then kickoff happened. Then seven minutes later, a, a historic moment in European Championship history happened. What was that? The Denmark ascended. <laughs> David Silva and Cesc Fabregas combined on the right wing for Spain. Fabregas crossed it and, Morata, and Alvaro Morata, now Real Madrid player, scored. Even though the prize sell more for It's a beautiful goal. It's a good goal. So after 277 minutes, right? You and I saw. Well, plus, yeah, plus extra time. 277 plus so probably call it about 200. After about all, nearly 300 minutes of football, you and I saw, saw a goal. goal. And it was a Spain goal. And uh, how would you rate your enthusiasm? Are you a Spain supporter at this point I like in the Spain. Euros? Are they your favorite team in the Euros, or do you really not have a favorite? I guess so. It's funny. A lot of people that we meet, whether they're from Austria or from wh- whatever, they're mostly it's mostly people watching their teams, the people that we've met. Yeah. And they're a little baffled what the hell we're doing here. Exactly. What do you mean you're Americans who come to just see teams play football? <laughs> On the other hand... You know a lot. Of, you like a lot of players and a lot of teams. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, and yes, seeing and yes, was the most exciting moment of my life. You know, I've done it two, three times before. I have to say, um, as beautifully as he played in the previous match, Turkey, he was not. Uh, he he didn't hold the ball as well against Croatia. He played well. He played well. He never plays poorly, really. In my estimation, which is poor. Spain was in total control for the first roughly 25 minutes, including that goal. But then you could feel Croatia coming Sergio back. Sergio Ramos kept messing up. He gave away a lot of chances that Croatia should score. Then in the 45th minute, Nikola Kalinic scored a beautiful backyard volley to make it 1-1 at the half. Mm-hmm. And at that point, A, did you feel Spain would come back and win? I did. And did you care a lot, or were you still in it for an exciting match? In the middle. Okay. Then describe the second half. So I think it was around. It was nothing that exciting happened in the first twenty five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Still a good match. I feel like it was around the seventieth minute mark. I'm not sure exactly. Spain won a penalty. I don't remember the the penalty actually, like the play when the foul was made. But I remember. I don't. It wasn't the best call. So Iniesta was getting ready to take the penalty, but then now when you say getting ready to take well, the penalty, he was, was he holding the ball? He wasn't holding the ball, but though. he was supposed to take it. Then the captain Sergio Ramos, who I hate. Almost now, you hate him because he plays for Real Madrid. And just because he symbolizes him. He's a captain. He's not a likable guy. He's and so you, Also, he did not play well the other night at no, all. No, even besides what happened next. Right. So he takes it. He takes it from it. He says, Daniel, no, I'm going to take it. Then Luka Modric, his injured Real Madrid teammate who plays for Croatia, yells from the bench to Darijo Sherna, the captain. 
to tell him which, to tell the keeper which way Ramos is going to go. Sergio Busquets sees that and tells Ramos, but he still misses, and it's saved. It was a weak penalty kick. I would have made a much better kick. <laughs> Not even joking. So that was uh, a moment where it seemed like Spain was about to you know, go, go ahead and probably win it, yeah. but instead they miss, and then what? I think it was the 86th or 87th minute, maybe the 88th, fall, sticking with the trend of the Euros. Mm-hmm. Spain is, has a good period of possession, but they lose the ball. Uh, Croatia starts an counterattack. Ivan Perisic scores a great goal. And Croatia wins the group. It was a it was a great match. It was, it was amazing. It was, uh, and we're kind of happy that Spain lost the only one. We're very game. happy that because Spain lost. Because we get lost. to see them again against Italy. That's right. Here's, at the Stade de France. Here's the way it works for those of you who don't know this, because I certainly didn't know this. Coming into the Euros, you can buy tickets for specific teams in the group stage when they're playing their round robin. So you know that you're going to see X yeah. team versus Y team. But then if you want to buy tickets for later down the road for the knockout round, you don't know who you're going to get. You're going to get either the winner or the second place finisher in a certain group versus the whatever. Or the third. Yeah. yeah, or the third place finisher in another group. So as it turns out, we really lucked out in the knockout. Well, I would say really lucked out. Today, Wales, Northern Ireland, which not we, the best football, but it's an exciting occasion. And I do love Gareth Bale, even though he's a Real Madrid player. Yeah. And I, I like I like Wales. I haven't seen Northern Ireland much. We've been in pubs yeah, watching them. Can't really focus too much. Uh, what's your prediction for that? Keep in mind, this will be do- the match will be done by the time say, people hear this. So you're on I'm gonna the hook. say Wales wins in a shootout. I think it's gonna be nil nil. Wales wins. Oh, penalties, I honestly. don't want nil nil. Can you make it three three in a shootout? Okay, three three in a shootout. All right, and then. The next match that you and I see in person will be two days from today from when we're recording. Italy, Spain. Italy, Spain in Paris at Stade de France. How, just describe Very to me. Very excited. And the, describe to me what you feel is the quality of that match. You've paid a little bit more attention Spain to Italy. Spain is still a world-class team. Italy is a very good team. It's going to be I'm get a great match. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-0 Spain. Mm. As you know, 2-1, we'll say. Who scores for Spain? I'm going to say Murata again, and let's say... I could see a goal from Fabregas. Wow, really? Are there any big changes coming to the Spain lineup that you can see or from what you've been reading about? I think Juan Farn has to be benched. I think they really? should be an Aspilicueta or mm-hmm. Bellerin. The one thing about Juan Fran that even I could notice is when he comes up as a back. He's he, not a good attacker. He's not a good attacker. He doesn't handle the ball well. He doesn't distribute it well. He looks. He has a lot of touches. Too many yeah. touches that don't accomplish anything. Yeah. Now, that's because yeah. I'm the, the backs that I'm used to watching are <laughs> Jordi Alba and Danny Alves, both of whom do crazy stuff as, you know, defenders. For so. a top team, Juan Fran is a good defensive right back, but he's not good enough attacking. Mm. He also does look he's like a, a good player, though. He also looks like a lot of the monks you see in old Italian paintings, though, in Spanish yeah. paintings. Did you enjoy Rome? It's an old city. Very much. It's a beautiful city. Good food. Mm-hmm. About 100 degrees, but it's still very nice. I dragged you on a three-hour-long tour that I thought was fascinating. I liked it. There's a company out there, people, if you're ever touring Europe, I guess, I don't know if they do tours outside of Europe, called Context Can we Travel? talk about all the different pictures we, we took of me? or All the pictures we took of you? How we talk about some of them, because some of them are not PC. Sure. I shouldn't, you know the one we shouldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Do. I do. We, we, t- <laughs> we took one of me sitting in an old Roman jail cell. I love that. Yeah, you looked like you, you know belonged there. Done, you know how they had like all those like human legs? We should have had me pick one up and pretend to eat it. Mm, nice it. idea. Yeah. Uh, one in front of the, of course, the Vatican. Um, let's see. We did, we did, you know, we tried to see as much and experience as much as we were there for just a couple days. I'm glad you got to see it. It's an amazing city. Um, and it does help you understand history generally because the Romans were a wildly uh, 
you know, productive um, civilization for a long, long, long time. Got a little bit grabby. Yeah. A little bit grabby, kind of backfired on him. <laughs> Let me ask you a couple questions about football. All right. The best match you've seen so far in person? Easily Spain-Croatia. Best match you've seen not in person? Hmm. Let me think. I really enjoyed watching England versus Wales. Mm, why is that? A lot of goals, a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like England. Good environment in the pub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite moment? Oh, I think I hear a church bell. You hear that? I do. I got to say uh, Griezmann's goal and then Payet against Albania. Mm. Yeah. I feel bad that Albania didn't yeah, go through I just because we made a really nice friend, uh, Albanian friend here, Miri. Lovely guy. Smart, interesting. I believe he's worked in government diplomacy, something. Yeah. Really smart. Taught us a lot about Albania and so on. Knows a lot about France. Uh, so I was sad for him. Uh, what about um, the most overachieving team so far? Mm, I'd say Hungary. Mm. They're expected again to be one of the worst teams in the tournament, and they won a hard, a pretty hard group. Your grandma. Um, I have Hungarian in me. Yeah, you have. You, you have. Our ancestors lived in. In your ancestors lived in Hungary. Do you yeah. feel a little bit of attachment to that, or not really? Minimal, but yeah. some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, most underachieving team so far. Mm, Osterreich is up there, but I was really um, yeah. No, I I just didn't know how well they were expected to do. This might sound crazy. Yeah, I say Germany's up there, even though they won their group. Mm, just because they haven't uh, they haven't played well. They they played. I wouldn't say it's. I say maybe England. On the other hand, it's a long and intense competition, yeah, so exactly. maybe Germany's playing it just right by not. Uh, yeah, it's very possible. Overexerting. Yeah. Uh, golden boot so far? Well, uh, for most goals, Nolita, I mean, not Nolita, Alvaro, Murata, and Gareth Bale are tied at the top of three. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Murata because I think he'll go, they'll go farther uh, than Wales. I think he's going to keep scoring. Okay. Uh, Ronaldo has just two as of now? Yeah. Okay. And I have a feeling that Croatia's going to knock him out. You do. You really do. I, I can I mean, Croatia looked great. Portugal, when we saw them against Austria, it was surprising they did not win. They looked very, yeah, very strong. Uh, the golden ball so far in your estimate? Well, I think that whoever wins the tournament will have a lot of bearing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think candidates are Morada if Spain wins, uh, Iniesta if Germany wins it could be Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, could no Boateng a defender will win it. Mm. Um, <laughs> He's fun to watch play though. Uh, yeah, um, maybe Wales could go far and Bale will win it. You never know. So we should say uh, again. I don't know my Euro history, but from what I understand, it has been won in in fairly recent history at least twice by two big underdogs, Denmark in like '94, yeah, and Greece in no in '92, and because the World Cup was in '90, it was in '92 and '96. I don't remember. Okay, and, and then, then oh, 2004 was in, it was Greece. So the idea of a Wales winning. And is... the bracket is lopsided. Oh, Spain, true. Italy, England, France, and Germany are on the same side, so none of them can be tried in the final. And that happened how? I don't even know. Well, because a lot of the favorites came in second, I assume, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Did did any of those that you just named finish third, or did they all finish second or first? Some second or first. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, okay, so final question. As of today, as of this date... Uh, well, let me get two more questions. Which matches in the knockout round that's beginning momentarily in real in our real time are you most looking forward that to? That are definitely going to happen or that, that could are definitely happen? Go- well, g- give me both. First of all, the ones that we know are scheduled. 
Well, Italy's Spain will be at, and I'm so excited for potentially France England, which is likely if France beats Ireland, which I'm pretty sure will happen, mm-hmm. bringing up members of Thierry Henry's handball. Mm-hmm. And if England mm-hmm. beats Iceland, which is likely, but England could very likely find a way to mess it up as they usually <laughs> do. Okay, and is there any other likely next round match that you think in the will quarters? Because yeah. then I can predict, predict okay. the semis. All right. Um, in the quarters, hmm. Uh, we could see Wales Belgium in person. That'd be mm, fun. Right. That's um, so. We're going to see our final match here is a quarterfinal in Lille. In Lille, and we're going to see the winner of today's match versus the winner of Belgium uh, Hungary. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So we could get Northern Ireland Hungary. Oh. Well, I think that'd be amazing. You're right. Two big underdogs. It'd be amazing. Just think of how excited the fans will You're be. Right, that's true. All right, so final question is who do you think, as of this moment, is going to win this Euro championship? How about we do that cool thing where I, where I answer and then the episode just ends? Can we do it like that? It would be really cool. Or should we do it? Sure, yeah. We saw Spain score un, but Croatia scored deux. It's not 40 for one. It's 40 for two. We haven't seen a lot of rain. The winner of the years will be Spain. <sighs> that was good. Nicely done, Solomon.